0: All right, everybody, welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. And I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm
1: the Virgin.
0: And we're your hosts. Guys, it's a big day. It's a
1: big day coming to you at the very beginning of January, a brand new year.
0: Just bright and early 2020. A new decade. I know. Now we're in the 20s. Hope this is the first thing you're listening to. I mean, maybe not. Could be.
1: You might have said, you know what? For my New Year's resolution, I'm going to listen to a new podcast. <laughs> and you chose us, and thank you.
0: Yeah, we're happy to be here. And this is a month that I have been anticipating, and I'm excited to do. It's Hathaways. We're welcoming 2020 with the Hathaways. Um, and this week we read the first book, Mine Till Midnight.
1: And who? What? Who? Who wrote this?
0: The wonderful. Lisa Claypass. I
1: know we act like people, everybody (laughs) knows, of course, Lisa Lisa Claypass did the Hathaways. Yeah. But mm. there's the people who are new, new year, new you, have come, and we need to explain to them. Yeah. Or at least mention
0: how wonderful
1: Lisa Lisa Claypass Claypass is and how she is the queen, Mm -hmm. and we all bow down to her.
0: All right, Clayton. You said that you had thoughts on this cover, so what are they?
1: Well... Just to say, this cover is our heroine, Amelia, on her stomach, wearing a beautiful dress. But it's an interesting position to put our heroine in on the cover of a book. Because it looks like she's preparing for something.
0: To get Mountain from behind.
1: Yes. Is that what you interpreted from this as well?
0: Yeah. He's, like, undressing her.
1: That seems pretty risque. (laughs) for the book covers that we've had. Yeah. And I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying it's an interesting cover that I don't think I've I as a virgin have been exposed to. It was it's scandalous.
0: You wow.
1: I find it to be scandalous. I don't
0: think I ever thought about the cover that I like I think it's a really sexy cover because it's obviously like her in the middle of something. Uh-huh. Cuz her like dress is opened in the back. Yeah. And she's definitely like feeling good.
1: I mean, I love it.
0: Great cover. I say two yeah. thumbs up. All right. Yeah. So what was this book about?
1: So this book was about the Hathaways. It's about the family of the Hathaways, which are Amelia, who is the oldest daughter. daughter. Leo, who is the oldest uh, sibling, but a male. And then we have but a male, but a male, <laughs> but get this. A male. <laughs> We've got Wynn, who is the sickly sister. She is a little bit younger than Amelia. Then we have Poppy, which is, she's around 19 or so, you were saying. And then Beatrix, who is the young one, around 15. And they inherit a house, a, a manor.
0: They inherit a title. Leo inherits a title. And
1: then they, with that, they inherit the the, the manor, right? Yeah. And... It's a dump, and they don't have any money except for what Leo is getting because of this title, and he is a bloated drunk. Mm-hmm. I just imagined a frat boy. Mm-hmm. I just imagined somebody who just dragged themselves home after SantaCon. That's what Leo was to me. Yeah. So Now, Leo has a tragedy in his past. We'll get into that. So there is a. I do feel a little bit bad for Leo, but I also don't feel that bad for Leo. So we have the, the family of the Hathaways moving to this house. It just happens to be right next to the home of... Uh, Marcus, and Lily
0: Marcus and Lillian, Stony, Stony Cross Lillian. Park. Stony
1: Cross Park. So they live next to Stony Cross Park. And one day, there's a certain gentleman visiting Stony Cross Park and hanging out there. And that person is Cam, who works at, with St. Vincent and does the books at his establishment, which is the old establishment that Ivo Jenner used to own.
0: Jenners, yeah.
1: The Jenners. They're shooting rockets in the back. <laughs> it's it's uh it's Marcus and Cam, and then another gentleman.
0: Like the old inventor. The old the inventor captain.
1: who is shooting rockets in the backyard. Amelia's walking, she wanders past and is thrown down to the ground. By Cam because a rocket explodes right next to her. So that's how they meet. No, that's not how they meet. You're right. I forgot. Sorry. Before, (laughs) Cam helps them find Leo Mm -hmm. on a bender. And he kisses her because he doesn't think he's ever going to see her again. Then that's when they're reunited. He pretends he doesn't remember. But slyly, she can tell he knows. And he does remember. So those two fall in love. But Amelia is the head of the household because Leo is drunk, can't take care of anything. They need him, though, because he's the only person bringing in any kind of money. So she's got to take care of all her, her uh, the rest of her family. And she is, she, there was a guy that um, wanted to, she wanted to marry back in the day. Uh, Christopher Frost. Christopher Frost, who was an architect. And he bailed on her for someone else. And that didn't work out, and now he's back in her life trying to get her back. Cam and him don't like each other, mostly because Cam is part Irish and part Rome, which is they're looked at as they live off the land, they don't uh have homes, they're they're migrants, so they're kind of looked down upon. Cam thinks that's life for him. He wants to go back to it. He's sick of having to, you know, button up his shirt and worry about money and all these – he he has a luck curse. Mm -hmm. So all this money comes to him, but he doesn't want anything to do with it because with money comes responsibility and burdens that he doesn't think he wants to have.
0: Well, his culture is also not about amassing things. Mm -hmm. The Rom culture is more about sort of only having what you need and sharing. And so for him, it's an embarrassment to have so much money just one person. So he feels like that's wrong, and so he doesn't want to have so much money.
1: And Amelia could use some money because her place is falling apart, and uh, she needs to take care of all these uh, all of her siblings. So they fall in love, obviously. But there's a lot else that happens in this book. Especially, there's something that we, I really want to talk about later because it's something I I've read a decent amount of Clay Pass at this point, but. There's a supernatural element here that I don't really remember in any of her other stuff. I don't know, but you can we can talk about that later. But that's what the book is about in kind of broad strokes.
0: Yeah, no, I would say that's like pretty specific in a lot of ways.
1: Okay. <laughs> specific in ways and, and vague in other ways. So if you are just starting to listen, that's really how I recap a book. Is I you really always
0: start hyper detailed. And then, yeah. Well,
1: because then I want you to be able to talk. Yeah. Like, I want you to be part of the conversation. I don't want to be dictating a book that you already read to you. That's a but it different like podcast. like broad
0: strokes, and you're like, so it opens. Yeah. <laughs> I just,
1: this book is hard for me to talk about in broad strokes because I like it so much.
0: I'm so happy that you liked it. Of course. <laughs>
1: Why would I, What is there not to like? Pick one thing in this book that I, know, I would not like. I always get like. a little
0: nervous when you don't text me or I don't walk in and you're like, it's great that I'm like, maybe you didn't like it.
1: But I'm happy you did. Well, it's Cam, who is somebody that I have met previously in the Wallflower books. He was somebody that was... Who was the one he made out with? He made out Daisy. with Daisy, right?
0: In The Secret Passage.
1: So he made out with Daisy in The Secret Passage. And I was bummed that... Daisy and Cam didn't get together because I number one I'm a Craven King, I'm a Craven King number one. Yeah. That's at the top. I would say below that, are you a Camboy? I'm a Camboy. <gasps> wow. Because there's certain things about Cam that I envy in a person, just the way things just f- go off his shoulders. Not not always because when Amelia's involved, obviously when love is involved, he gets a little bit more. He gets more possessive of her that he's possesses of anything else. But I love how he walks through the world and people are always talking shit about him and he just kind of smirks. And he'll say something and it'll he won't cut somebody down, he'll just kind of laugh and be like, mm, "You can feel that way, but
0: it doesn't what you it, think about me does not affect me. It just me. it's
1: water off a duck's back." And that's yeah. something that I really uh, appreciate about him. Also, he's beautiful looking. He's got long dark hair he's seen he's got an earring he's like a sexy dude
0: like that he can pull off the amount of jewelry he's wearing you know he's sexy as yes part. like he is bang a and yeah.
1: that's and I mean I don't have a uh, a speck of jewelry on me because mm-hmm. that's not my type I can't if I had a ring people are like why is he wearing that ring that's so weird yeah I, I can't I can't do it but I wish I could
0: but we all know the men that will walk in with like a few rings and you're like oof all right yeah let me see them rings yeah.
1: Let me see them rings. But that's how he is. He's 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 just a seems like such a hot dude and not a hot dude in the way that um, uh, the normal people we see in these books are.
0: A different sort of vibe to him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he's got a um, softer masculinity
0: that's the thing too he does he like he's definitely like masculine but in the ways that are really positive positive. and other than like a bit of a jealous streak that i don't love he does have more of a like a quality sort of bend in the, the way that he views things and stuff so he is like yeah he's great he's like masculine without their toxicity mm-hmm.
1: so why there's so much to unpack
0: i know i don't even know where to start
1: well it starts out with leo Who's on a bender.
0: So what happened before the book starts is there was a scarlet fever epidemic and Win almost dies, but doesn't. And is like severely weak in her respiratory system. And, um, Leo's fiance, Laura, who he loved very much, died. And the way that it happened was Laura caught it first. Leo took care of Laura. Laura passed away. When Leo came back to the house, he gave it to Wynne. Um, And then Leo himself almost died, but didn't die.
1: And Amelia was somehow immune to it, Mm -hmm. uh, and she nursed them back. Mm -hmm. Now, was that in any other book?
0: No, okay, we we never read about that actually happening.
1: Okay. Um, But he is in rough shape. Yeah. He's a guy that used to be handsome and is now a little bit rougher around the edges. A little bit more bloated around the edges, I guess. And he is not a likable character for all of this book. No. I would say at the end, he does come in and save people. But even then, I'm a little... It's going to take me a while for Leo to reclaim any sort of place in my heart. Because he's just constantly running away. And then he gets... At the end, he's in a... Not the way end, but they have to... Cam has to go to an opium den and get him. That's some serious shit. Yeah. Especially when you have family that it's like your responsibility. Sorry, dude. You got to be responsible. I know you're, I know, I know, uh, Lori died or whatever, but I mean, even Amelia says, I'm, I know you're mourning, but I'm sick of it. Yeah. You really got to get over this.
0: Yeah. And I think it's hard to, like, he was with her and, like, watched someone he loves die and then almost died himself, like, wanting to die and didn't. And then so it seems like the rest of the book he's basically kind of trying to kill himself, not in an active way ever really, but sort of just, like, just an apathy towards the idea of being alive, Um, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I guess we could talk about the supernatural bit of this.
1: Well, we're making it seem like Leo is the main character of this book. He's really not. But there are – the thing about this
0: book, it
1: introduces the whole family.
0: It's a great first book in a series. And first books in a series I think are really, really tough. But this book does a great job of you really get to know the main characters. You don't feel like the main couple is ever lost. You always know where they are and what's happening. But you are able to spend enough time with side characters, particularly like Kevin um, Wynn, um, but also Leo That you feel like you know the whole family by the end of this book. So it's not like sort of with book two or three or four that you're going to have to like be introduced to a character. It's like you feel like we feel like we know everybody now and have a sense of like where they're all at. Um,
1: Because we read The Unleashed a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And that was a book that had multiple POVs and it didn't work for us. This book has multiple POVs and it works Mm -hmm. for that specific reason that you were saying is that it's a good introduction to the people that are going to be in this series. And also you need to know the personalities of the people that Amelia is interacting with so that you can get an idea of what she's dealing with because she has to juggle so many different people's personalities and if you didn't get a more in-depth knowledge of them – it might be hard to see how much Amelia needs help yeah, and not just help, but she needs somebody like Cam to be there and be that other side for her and show her some love and some fun in her life or some adventure in her life that she's not getting because she is the mom to these people.
0: Yeah. And her parents have passed away and she's taken on so much, um, And a scene that I really love is towards the middle of the book, I think Poppy like knocks on her door and is like, Leo's gone missing, Maripin has been injured, and so he's um, not doing well. And then there was some, there was like one other thing that was a problem. And so you're in Amelia's mind and she goes like, okay, well, this needs to be solved first and I will need this to happen for this to happen and this, this, this. And then she makes this quick calculation and she goes... Okay, Maripin first, and like walks and starts doing what needs to be done next. Um, and what I loved about this book and Cam and Amelia's story was Amelia was always competent, like she oh, like she could have got everything done. But the thing is, she was giving up so much that this was really a book about how, about asking for help and leaning on the people who love you, and also allowing people to help you because for cam he shows up in the story he's been working at jenner's he has amassed like a fortune
1: against his against his his will will.
0: saint vincent is like i open an account for you and he's like okay i'm just gonna make bad investments but everything turns into a good investment so he's like i don't know what the hell's going on and he doesn't feel like he has a place necessarily at jenner's because you know evie's like a sister to him but she's married they have children like they're starting their own lives um He has no connection anymore to his Rom family. He doesn't really even know where they are. All of his, like, really great memories are from um, spending time with his grandmother. So he's like, do I belong there? And the gift that Amelia gives him is a sense of belonging and being a member of a family. And I think, obviously, he's he's attracted from Amelia from the second he sees her. And she sounds banging. Like, I get it. But... I think the 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 thing that she's able to bring to him is she's able to lean on him in a way or he teaches her to lean on him so that he has a place in the world. And the place in the world is protecting her, taking care of her and taking care of the people that she loves, which is like what he needed and what he had hoped to get from finding his family again to get that place. And she was able to give it to him. Which I really loved because I think it's also you could just see this as just him coming in and taking over everything, which he does. But like she needs to allow him to do that and they need to sort of together find that new balance, um, which is a lot of what being in a new relationship is, is, is figuring that out. Um, and I love that he sort of recognized that need in her and just really stepped up immediately, which was great.
1: Yeah, he because, you know, he's half uh, Rome and he's half Irish so he's able to still have a band of misfits basically which is the Hathaways but also have a home so he can put down roots mm-hmm. like he would if he was an Irish person so that's good that he has both of those things together with the Hathaways because there's not there's never there's never a dull moment in the Hathaway house no whether it's fire, like saving somebody from a fire or saving somebody from bees who have taken over a room in your dilapidated mansion to see a wall full of bees and then it shows can it showed cam's nature and bees don't want to sting you because they just want to go about their business but if you're agitated and you they can feel that so they'll start stinging you if you're agitated so to have him have to walk in there because at the end Christopher Frost, who is a dick <laughs> he we see him a few times at the mansion in that room and he's pretending like he's oh I'm just I'm just seeing the uh, I'm just seeing if I can do something about this and like fix, uh, up, the house. fix up the house but he's really heard about that there is a treasure behind that wall where the bees are and at the end he makes cam, Go in and look for the treasure, even though the bees are still there. And Amelia's freaking out and like, don't do it. Don't do it. And Cam's like, I'm cool. I can do it. So Cam goes in there and he gets stung twice. He's just covered and covered in bees and she's freaking out. But there's nothing in there. Spoiler. He took it uh, before because he had to get crushed up bees to help. Uh, what's his name? Mar- Maripin. Maripin. Is it
0: Kev Maripin. So he's like, can be called either.
1: Who we haven't mentioned yet.
0: No, I mean, this is a packed book.
1: But Kev was a guy that was saved by the Hathaways back in the day and raised as one of them. And he has uh, a thing for Mm Wynn because he always takes care of her when she was sick. He would wash the windows to make sure she could see outside.
0: It's so, yeah. Because she
1: used to watch the, she used to watch a bird's nest. And one time she was complaining, I can't, I can't even see the bird nest because the window so dirty now. And he would make sure it was squeaky clean every day and never told anybody about it. So he is also Rome and we figure out, we don't know exactly how they're related, but there's him and Cam have similar tattoos of Puka, which is a flying horse and we see his, We see Cam's tattoo early because he shows it to Amelia.
0: And it's on his forearm.
1: Yeah. But uh, he has it on his back. Yeah. Because he gets burnt really bad during there's a fire in the house. And he, of course, goes in to help and gets burned on his back really bad and almost dies. And then Cam has to come up with uh, – well, he has – crushed bees and a bunch of other stuff that he uses as a balm to put on uh, his back so that he doesn't die. But there's that kind of also a uh, butting heads between the two of them because uh, Kev doesn't necessarily want Amelia to be with Cam.
0: I think, yeah. And so for Kev, he is raised as a member of the family, but doesn't feel like a member of the family. So they're, they talk about like not really knowing where, like, cause he's kind of a servant, but then he's kind of like a, bro- like they act, they think of him as a brother. He definitely feels like a brother, I think to Amelia and Poppy and Beatrix, but like definitely not when, like he's very much in love with her. Um, he took care of her while she was dying or while she was very sick. Um, And she
1: takes care of him when he gets burned. Yeah. And we see that was one of the change of perspectives where she goes in and cuddles up with him
0: mm-hmm.
1: when he's when he's uh, sleeping. But also tricks him into drinking tea with morphine in it so that they can – Cam can apply the new balm on his back and it's going to be really painful because he has to
0: – Scrape uh, away the dead skin. Scrape
1: away all the dead bad stuff. And – which he does just like he's a practice surgeon and Amelia cannot almost can't handle seeing it cuz it's yeah. so gross they uh when yeah gets him to drink, drink morphine and he thinks that she's killing him cuz she knows he's going to be in pain and is going to die anyway and he thinks well if my last moment can be with Wynne, then I'll do it so he he's not, he's a guy who doesn't drink. It doesn't do any kind of thing like that. So any kind of medicine dro- made him shaky and nuts and made his head feel heavy and all mm-hmm. these things that he didn't want to do. So he drank these heavily medicated teas because of when. And that was really heartbreaking.
0: And then when he wakes up he's still alive, he's like, huh, yeah. all right. So yeah, so they live next to Marcus and Lillian and they feature heavily in this book. So... You know Amelia. They show up at Ramsey House, and Amelia doesn't want to get help from anybody. So
1: Ramsey House is their house. Is the house is the Hathaways' house? Yes.
0: Yeah. So Leo is now Lord Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Um. And Amelia wants no help from nobody. And so they're working on getting things done. I mean, another sweet thing that Kev does for Win is Win just wants to help. She's like, I'm so bored about sitting just like sitting around, but nobody wants to help her desk because she has like the breathing issue. So. Maripin takes all of the china from all over the house and puts it together and she has to just sort the china and she's so excited to have a job and it's like the perfect job for her and it's just like, ugh, like those little moments are so amazing. But the house burns one night and... Well,
1: because... Yeah, because... They're looking at a lantern. Yeah. The magic lantern.
0: Yeah, they're looking at this lantern that has different, like, pictures in it and they put up a picture and Laura, Leo's fiance was really good friends with win and amelia and win looks up and thinks that she sees laura's face in the thing and then leo looks and sees it too just as beatrix is changing the plate and leo freaks out and he runs over and he grabs it from her to try to like see it again and he can't see it and he kind of goes crazy and so everyone else goes to bed and leaves leo there and at some stage of the night something has happened and the that entire room is in flames and leo's just still in the room So they pull him out um, and Maripin is, you know, getting everybody out. And that's when he sort of gets injured. But Marcus and Cam come to take them back to stay at Stony Cross Park. Well, because their house is like was inhabitable before, but now it's like really inhabitable. Um, And it's another way that like Amelia is able to accept help because, you know, Beatrix is 15. She's the youngest and she's been wearing like short dresses She really should be wearing like long dresses now and they just didn't have the money for it. And when she's at Sony Cross Park, like she's able to have that. Um,
1: Did she steal them? No.
0: So Beatrix has a little bit like I think mm, Beatrix is probably like a little neurodivergent.
1: (laughs) She's a little thief is what you're saying. She's got sticky fingers.
0: When she gets stressed out, she starts stealing things. This book, there's so much. Yes. It's like every page is so much because like, yeah, she steals a bunch of things from the house and then- From Stony Brook. From Stony Park and Stony Cross Park. Stony
1: Cross Park. She steals a bunch of stuff from Stony Cross Park.
0: And then Poppy and Amelia have to go back to like drop everything off. And Cam helps Amelia drop off the like the one of the things that- well, it's, a, that stole. it's a
1: stamp it's one of uh marcus's stamps
0: yeah
1: a, a stampers and it's like this heavy silver thing and it's she has to go into his office she's like how am I gonna get in this guy's fucking office but she ends up in there and then cam shows up and when marcus is uh, they they almost get caught but cam kisses her to make it seem like that's why they're in there yeah and again like uh marcus's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Just, I don't, I'm going to come back in 20 minutes. You guys better not be here. <laughs> and you better <laughs> not be fucking in my do. office. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So again, he's so cool.
0: Yeah, he is really the coolest. um And then that's the night that uh, Amelia and Cam finally bang it out. Mm-hmm. They, he... Oh, because has decided he's like he's like quit his job. He's told everybody he's like He's told St.
1: Vincent, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be with my people. Yeah. I'm out of here.
0: And he thinks he's gonna do it. And so then that night he's like, Well, I'm leaving now. Like everything, like the fire's out, everything's fine. And he like goes to leave and then he sort of realizes like that he loves her. And he's sort of like, Well, I could leave, but I would only ever think of her, and I would always compare everyone to her. And she needs me. And what's the point of me leaving? So he goes back up into her room and they have sex for the first time. And during <clears> – <throat> they start having sex in her room and then he, like, decides – it's so fucking cool – where he, like, brings her outside. He, like, whistles special and his horse rides up like a puka. And then they go off to near this river and have sex, like, under the stars. And at one stage well, – he
1: sets up a camp. Yeah. He sets up, like, a rough – uh ROM camp, Mm -hmm. so because that's where some of um, the ROM had had been hanging out, and again, they were on Marcus's property, Mm -hmm. and he was cool with it. He said, as long as they're not bothering anybody, and the people who live on my properties don't care, I'm cool with it, which is a very uh, progressive progressive thought to have at that time.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So yeah, so he sets up, and they have sex on a pallet.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then at one stage during the night he slips a ring on her finger.
1: Well, so this is the, the this second the
0: object of this novel.
1: Also, yeah, and the second or third, like sleep wedding that we've had where somebody's been asleep and then wakes up with a <laughs> ring on their finger. Because didn't that happen in our very first book? No, that was a that oh, was, that was
0: like the incantation.
1: Yeah, but doesn't he? cam do a similar thing
0: yeah cam makes her like repeat something back that is like like rom wedding vows yeah she doesn't know what she's saying because it's not in her language so
1: it was a marriage without consent yeah and we had that in our very first book which was uh, uh kiss of the highlander where he makes the the hero makes the heroine repeat words she doesn't understand and then they are married yeah so this is the second time we've had that the ring keeps coming on and off And it gets stuck on her finger and he uses his mouth to take it off, which, okay, here's where I'm a little weird. This is the only time that I'm weird. I had no problem with his putting his mouth on her finger to take the ring off. But if he would, if there would have been any food on there, I would have been disgusted. Okay. But that's weird, right? Like it should be the same.
0: Yeah, it should be.
1: So I was okay with this. I was okay with him taking his mouth, putting it over her finger, and taking the ring off. And a ring is dirty. It's not anything that – you don't clean your ring all the time. But I was into it. I don't know. It's a food thing with me. Yeah. It all stems from food.
0: It's all food stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, I thought that was very sexy, but it was basically like she would only be able to take the ring off when she was relaxed and basically like after she had come. Yeah. Otherwise she was too wound up and like the ring wouldn't come off, which I loved like as a, as a moment. And basically from that moment that Cam goes into her room after the fire, like he's a hundred percent in and he's like, I'm waiting for you to catch up to me because he, the next morning, him, St. Vincent and Marcus want go back to stony cross park to like survey it to see what needs to be fixed. And he's in charge now. And all of her sisters are like, so are you marrying cam? He seems like he's in charge now. And they're all also like, I think he should be in charge. This seems right. And he asked her to marry him and they sort of are going back and forth. Cause she's like, is just used to the idea of being on the shelf. And also it's like the last person that she really loved and cared about betrayed her. Christopher Christopher. And so she's sort of like, you know.
1: She's a self-designated spinster. Yeah. She calls herself a spinster. And she's a 26-year-old virgin.
0: Right. No, No
1: shame, but she's 26, which is advanced.
0: Yeah. Well, especially in this time, I think. Yeah. Right. And it's sort of like so much of her identity is in her being a martyr to her family and her being a spinster and her giving up everything in her life for her family, which is like an exhausting stance to take.
1: Did we mention the ghost? We, we've we talked around it, but there is a ghost. Like yeah. Lori is a ghost haunting the house.
0: And haunting Leo.
1: She's haunting him, I think, more than the house. She just ends up at the house because that's where Leo is. Yeah. And she figures prominently into the end where Christopher is in there wanting Cam to get... The uh, whatever treasure is behind the B wall, which he's already moved, but doesn't tell Christopher that. And then Leo comes in and fights Christopher and beats him and takes Christopher's gun. But at the, that time, there's also a, uh, a coldness that comes into the room that Amelia notices. And it's Lori as a ghost. Laura. Laura. Sorry. Leo has to say goodbye to her. And that happens at the end of this book, too. Cause he's going to kill himself.
0: They go. The reason that Cam and Amelia have gone back to the house in the middle of the night is because Poppy has had these very realistic dreams. Like she's very connected to Leo and she's had these dreams of Leo being in distress. So like Cam and Amelia are in the middle of fucking and she's like knocking on the door. She found
1: a note. Yeah. She found a legitimate, Poppy found a legitimate note that said, "I, that's it. I'm done. Right.
0: So Poppy is knocked on the door and is like, we need to find Leo. Like, I felt this way. I had this stressful dream about him. I went into his room and I found this note. And the note was basically like, kind of like a suicide note, but didn't really make sense. But it was terrifying. Just like Leo, it's
1: half-assed.
0: I think because I've maybe read all the books, I like have a different view of him. But I, I, what I think is interesting about this book, and it's funny because, like, Lisa does have – there's a book called When Dreams Begin, which is – um has a very, like, mystical element to it, too. That's otherwise, like, a pretty grounded book. Um, and in this book, too – and I don't know if it's because of, like, all of the ROM, and they are obviously, like, a bit more mystical, metaphysical um, culture. But – um cam when he first sees leo he says like looking in his eyes he knows he's being haunted by somebody and a lot of it is about sort of not letting go and leo does not want to let laura go and so she can't go to the next plane and also just basically is haunting him and so that's why he's been in this deep this deep depression and that's why he's not been able to relate or care about anything and that happens to people when they lose somebody. some people just become obsessed with the person that they lost in a way that is really, really unhealthy and um, I can see you know that it it happens and it's really tragic and Cam is the one who's able to recognize that that's happening to him um and there's a few things where like people think that they see a ghost or they see Laura's picture and the um, in the slide, and, like, multiple people see it.
1: And they see her, uh, uh, Amelia sees her up in the window yeah. of the Ramsey house.
0: Right. And so then finally at the end, Cam is the one to say to Leo, like, you are torturing her by not letting her go. She can't go to the next plane. And if you kill yourself, the two of you will be wandering around forever together, and that's no way to treat anyone that you love.
1: And then Leo says, I'll think about it.
0: No, he lets her go. <laughs> he like finally lets her go and then like he changes and from that moment on he is able to be you know start healing from from the loss. And I, you know, I I mean I love all that sort of metaphysical stuff, so I thought that that was great. But
1: get uh, this guy a Peloton. Get him on a Peloton and get him in shape. Pfft. That's what he needs now. <laughs> he let the ghost go. Get him on a stationary bike. Let's melt those pounds off. Let's find you a lady.
0: Yeah. You got to get back out there. We know that's going to happen. Come on. We don't know
1: it's going to happen because we haven't read about it yet. We haven't
0: read about it yet, but... mm, For the
1: people that are like me, maybe they don't want to know that we... But you know
0: that every kid has a book. I
1: I guess you could use your context clues and figure (laughs) that out. Your reasoning skills. Yes. But some of us don't want to use our reasoning skills when we're reading romance.
0: (laughs) Um... But what I like, too, is then they all go back to Stony Cross Park from that and sort of Beatrix and and Poppy are standing at the bottom of the stairs and Beatrix is like telling Leo about something she did that day. And he's like, oh, well, come upstairs with me and, and keep telling me about it. And you sort of feel like he's back and he's back to wanting to engage with his sisters, which is really sweet. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I'm being hard on Leo. I don't mean to be hard on Leo. He just seemed to unnecessarily cause problems when he could have just maybe been a better brother and a better... Like, he, he didn't need to be the head of the household, but he definitely needed to be pulling equal or more weight than Amelia.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing about depression and that's the thing about grief and that's the thing about being in a state like that. Like, he was not thinking like, oh, I'm just going to leave this all to Amelia. He was thinking... I can't go on. I don't want to go on. And that was all he could focus on. he I don't think he realized what was happening to the rest of the family. I don't think he realized how stressful it was on Amelia. I don't think he realized like how sad his younger sisters were that he wasn't around. Like he there's a like it's it was very selfish or it's very internal and he can't sort of see outside of that.
1: You bec- he became very self-involved, which becomes selfish, but it's the intention is not to be selfish. The It's just a, mentally, y- he is focused so much on himself. Like yeah, he can't
0: think outside of himself. And he and Kev, uh, Maripin, have a very, like, contentious relationship, and everyone sort of assumes it's just because Maripin is Rom and adopted into the family, and Leo feels like, oh, it should be my place. And you sort of realize that, no, Leo doesn't have a problem with any of that. Like, it's all fine, but... That Maripin forced Leo to survive and forced him to get better. And Leo was just angry at that. where He sort of wanted to go. And so that's where it all sort of started.
1: Where is Cam on your list of Claypass heroes?
0: He's up there.
1: Is he up there? Yeah. Would you say top five?
0: Top five, yeah.
1: Does he beat out any of the Wallflower
0: I mean, so it's Derek Craven. Um. Craven, of course. (laughs) Of
1: course. We're talking about number two right now. We're we're not even going to talk about number one because it's it's Derek Craven. But uh, yeah, where is he? I like
0: Marcus.
1: Do you like Marcus? Is he your number two?
0: Number two is Zachary Bronson from a book we have not read.
1: Oh. (laughs) What series?
0: It's not a series,
1: it's a one off. It's a one -er.
0: Hmm, We'll have to read that at some point. (laughs) Um, what's
1: the, what's the book name?
0: When dreams begin. When dreams begin. Okay. Yeah. He's like a self-made man. So Zachary Bronson's probably in my top five. Okay. Um, Cam, I love Kev.
1: You love Kev. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: St. Vincent, not in your top five, right? We've talked about this. I wouldn't
0: say he's in my top five. I like him though. And I've read other books, like they show up in other books, their daughter has a book and stuff. And I like him a lot. But as far as I'm like, which ones are like, my id and really like tap into something that I'm like, Oh, yeah, I love this guy. Mm, I don't know that it'd be St. Vincent. I respect a St. Vincent person. I get it. Yeah. But, you know, and we're talking top five. Yes. We're talking top 10. Yeah, Vincent's going to make it. But top five, it's going to be like a bit tougher.
1: Yeah, because we were talking on the Wallflowers Christmas episode a little bit about them because they show up in it, St. Vincent and and Marcus. And I've come around on both of them, especially Marcus, because, again, in this book, he's very cool with the Rome people. I like that. He just seems like the core and the the core of this whole group. Stony Cross Park is the epicenter of all of the goings on in this world, and he holds it down. And that's why I, I like him. He's such a whenever he shows up, that means Lillian's not far behind. Again, Lillian, my favorite <laughs> wallflower. So I like that I like his presence in these books, and I've grown to really love him over time. He wouldn't be in my top five in the sense of uh, I want to bang him because he is just a stable guy and he does have a great presence, but I'm not drawn to him as much as I'd be drawn to someone Who like Cam. Who would him. your top
0: five be then?
1: I mean, that's the thing is like I think I need to read more. You've read a lot more Clay, Clay Pass than me, so I need to have more knowledge I would say that. Cam, so Derek, number one, of course. Cam right now would be second.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: But that's for now. Yeah. Uh, I can't really. I w- I can't really place like Matthew or Sam or I did like Sam a lot, but he's just so just a horny guy. Like he's a root rat. Yeah, as we would say in Australia. <laughs> Uh, so he's kind of one-dimensional in that way. Yeah. So right now I have a, a firm one and two. I think I need to read more Clay Pass to see who like gets Like round in it out. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Would you fuck them?
0: Yes. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. I would too.
0: Amelia's body sounds banging. She seems real beautiful. So yeah, definitely. And Cam is is basically just sex walking Can around. No brainer. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Goodreads list. Oh, let's do it. I mean- On eight pages of lists, so many lists. of
1: course. Now, this is obviously, I mean, I'm asking this question because even though I know the answer, popular series, right? Very
0: popular, yeah. All right, we got to get started because we have so many. Okay. Favorite historical romance novels?
1: Yes, I would say this is one of my favorites.
0: Best romance series?
1: Mm, Haven't read it all, but I'm assuming yes.
0: Best rogue rake romance books? I guess he's Cam. like slicker than a rake though. Like there's yes. something like is a bit, he's a bit. Yeah. It's not like he, just like a libertine.
1: He, you, yeah. You don't think of him as a rake, even though he gets around.
0: Yeah. Best romances with spinsters, wallflowers or old maids. Yes. Bad boys meet the virgins.
1: He, Cam is not your normal bad boy in the sense of trying to make trouble. He's a, Bad boy in the sense that he goes against the grain of society. Yeah. So yes.
0: So you love a bad boy or tortured hero?
1: Yes and yes.
0: Books with the hottest sex. This sex was very hot. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Best historical romances where the quiet, unusual girl gets the guy.
1: Again, Amelia, she's not quiet. Yeah, I don't Maybe like unusual.
0: Like her whole family is unusual. Yeah.
1: But she's the least unusual of all of them, it seems.
0: I think Poppy is the most normal. Okay, who's that blonde girl in the Munsters? I think that's Poppy.
1: Oh, um, God, I don't remember her name. Uh, I don't know her name.
0: We all get the reference. Yes, Plain Jane and Hot Stud romance novels again. Not a Plain she's not Jane.
1: A plain Jane. I, these two lists I don't like. Yeah, because nobody in, in nobody that is the heroine in a romance novel. Is going to be a plain Jane in the sense that maybe people look at her as a plain Jane, but in real life or in actuality, she might just not have the right dress or might dress, I don't know, might.
0: But it's the sort of thing too that, like, with love her hero is going to think she's the most beautiful woman in the world. Yes. And so that changes everything. And because we see her all through the hero's eyes, it's very difficult for us to imagine her being anything but beautiful. Yes.
1: If Cam but, was like, she's a plain Jane, I'd be like, Cam, what the fuck, dude? Have some respect.
0: He looked at her and he was like, oh, I can see what she's packing under those clothes. This is going to be great. Um, brainy genius romantic heroes.
1: Well, Cam is a sneaky, smart guy.
0: He's very cerebral, like he's very smart.
1: Yeah, but again, he is so sexual that you don't you underestimate his intellect.
0: Yeah, uh, best historical romance covers. I do love this cover.
1: It's a great cover.
0: Romance books that started it all. Ma only four plus stars. Mature.
1: Oh, wait, wait. I was going to guess. Sorry, I wouldn't have got that because no. Ma I know from the t- TV ratings, but. I I would think it would be two separate words.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh but yes, yes, yes. Fictional males that make you squirm in a good way. Uh-huh. Winky face.
1: Yeah, of course. You don't. Yeah.
0: Romance in Ireland and/or Irish heroes and heroines. she's half Irish.
1: He was half Irish. How did that make you feel? Did he re- represent your people well?
0: No, I mean no. I it didn't. I didn't think anything of it. Okay. There aren't many like. uh, like Irish romances which is surprising because there's so many based in England obviously and there's a ton of Scotland and I feel like I like I've read a few in Ireland but not many and like maybe one or two in Wales
1: you would think Ireland is such a beautiful country that it would be conducive to a romance I know there's been several movies that have taken place in Ireland that are romantic movies right
0: uh probably
1: yeah there's the one with Amy Adams where she's oh Leap Year, Leap Year,
0: and Undine, which was a great one.
1: And wasn't there? Wasn't, wasn't there one with Janine Garofalo? Or some, oh, the
0: Matchmaker, the Matchmaker. Oh, right? that was such a good one. All right, yeah, you're right. Um, favorite Dukeless historical romances.
1: Yeah, no dukes,
0: no dukes about it. Plain Jane in historical romance. No,
1: she's not a plain Jane. Stop saying that, or I'm gonna get mad.
0: witty historical romance books yes very witty very funny again a great funny book a lot of great turn of phrase and situational
1: she there's one line where amelia says if you want to it's it's after leo does another disappearing act amelia says to cam if you want to be with if you want to be in the family of hathaways after this you should be in an institution and he says, marriage is an institution. <laughs> Win for camp. It's such a great... Mic drop. Yes.
0: Years before the mic was invented. Yeah. Um, uh, character you most want to sleep with?
1: He's up there for me, yes.
0: He's your number two. Yeah. Uh, fresh scent of pining hero. Oh, yeah. I mean, he doesn't... I mean, I wouldn't say he pines... He's pretty active. Like once he makes the decision to go after Amelia, like he's all in. He's going for it. It's not sort of pining. It's he's very active, and they are basically sleeping together from that moment too.
1: He kind of pines to be married to her. Yeah, Kev. Pines.
0: Is, he's a pining hero.
1: That's where the sense coming from. Yeah. So you'll get that in that bo- In this book, it won't be your main character, mm-hmm. but a side character will be pining. Pining. He will smell piney.
0: Love in the merchant class or working class?
1: It's. I guess Cam is working class, yes.
0: And I guess they were working. Like, their father was a professor or mm-hmm. scientist. Um, best romance series following families. Yes. I want to say yes. Uh, interracial historical romance. Yeah. Books that should be made into movies. Yes. There's a lot of, like... Lisa does a great job of writing so cinematically where it's like these would all translate so easily to the screen. Like there's so many set pieces. There's so many visual cues. There's so much, you know, where some books I think are are would be a bit more difficult, even like romances like this would lend itself pretty quickly.
1: Absolutely. And you know who I think of, you know, obviously not the same. Uh, they're They're not the same race, but. When I was thinking of Cam, I think of somebody like Oscar Isaac in yeah. the sense of just sex on two legs.
0: You think Oscar Isaac is just sex oh, on two yeah, legs? Oh, yeah, of
1: course. Oh, wow. I'm big into him. Mm. I, I, yeah, I think he's I, he's a guy that I can't, if I see him on screen, it's, I can't really look at anybody else. Oh. He's got some magnetism, too.
0: He was in great in Lewin Davis.
1: Yeah, but he played a jackass in that.
0: I know, but he was, he was a lovable it. jackass. Yeah.
1: Um he's just I, I just like him in a lot. I mean Ex Machina, when he even if he's playing like a a douchey millionaire mm-hmm. or billionaire, he still was when he dances with his robots, you're just like, Oh, this guy's cool. <laughs>
0: I wasn't. Pic- I don't think I was picturing anybody, but I picture Cam not like I- Oscar Isaacs, Although I agree, he's but, very handsome. But
1: like in the sense of not necessarily looking like him, but that to me, that kind of person who just exudes that kind of ease yeah. of sexuality, where people were talking about obviously the the Star Wars, they were shipping Finn and Poe, and he just says, "Yeah, that'd be cool." It, it just it doesn't. He's open to things, yeah, which I think is cool.
0: Hot, steamy, sensual romance books. Mm-hmm. Best male character, yeah. King of the betas, best beta romance hero, male female is Cam Beta. He he like has like an alpha flair, like when he's trying to make Amelia promise that she'll never go anywhere not with him, her brother, or Maripin. And yeah, it's like, a little over the top. That's a little bit ridiculous, and she says mm, no. Um, historical romances featuring blue stocking scholars and independent misses. Yeah. Petite heroine, big hero. She's little.
1: Is he that much bigger than her?
0: I don't, it's hard to get a sense. Cause like Kev is supposed to be like so massive. Like he's a giant. And then I always pictured Cam is not as big as Kev, but I don't know. I think she's also, I like, I picture like five, two, five, three. So
1: even if he's like six, five ten, yeah. Like he's yeah. still
0: towering over her. Um, wrong side of the tracks.
1: Yeah, I guess he's, I mean, he's wrong side of the tracks in a way.
0: Yeah. Um, and even
1: they kind of are too, because they're working class.
0: Everyone's on the same bad side of the tracks. Uh, well, there's
1: several <laughs> s- sets of tracks, because I think yeah. they're actually on the wrong side of different tracks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're just, it's a train yard and everyone's on the wrong side. <laughs> <Those> crisscrossing tracks. <laughs> um, jealous, possessive alphas.
1: Well, I mean, he's not an alpha. We've said he is. He does get a little possessive, which I'm not a fan of. Uh, but I think it is in to show that he is so into Amelia that this is the only thing he wants to possess. Yeah, anything else doesn't matter to him.
0: And I think he also gives it up pretty quickly when she's like, "I'm not agreeing to that." He's like, "All right, it's fine.
1: It's worth a try."
0: <laughs> Best secondary romance.
1: Um, so we're talking about Kev and, uh, Wynn. I liked it. And I, and I don't think it was divert. It wasn't taking any focus away from the main one and it's setting things up for the future, which I like. Yeah. Cause then we can just hit the ground running with them, mm-hmm. which I'm interested in.
0: And I mean, I won't spoil anything for the next book. Thank you. Tearjerker romance novels that jerked the tears right out of you.
1: Did you cry on this one? No. I didn't either.
0: Favorite Silver-Tongued Heroes. He's he's I guess he's
1: Silver-Tongued. Yeah, he's pretty he wary. does like to throw something at, but never he's always until Christopher came around because he was very jealous. He never really showed that he cared. He would everything always went off his shoulders, yeah. but he does throw some barbs towards Christopher. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Brain candy reads.
1: Yeah, this was a fast read. Mm. Usually romances are fast reads, but this was an especially fast read.
0: Oh, yeah. I was trying to pace myself, but I still finished two days early. Yeah,
1: because I... I, Well, I've been working on a project and having to read stuff for it as well, so I've been reading a lot of books for work, not just for pleasure. Mm -hmm. And this obviously is work and pleasure, but... I gave myself two days to read this book and I was done in the first day. (laughs) And I was like, wow, that's great. (laughs) And I loved every second of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's so like every, any second you have, you're reading it. Um, Heroes here are so hot. You nearly swoon. Historical romance.
1: Nearly swoon?
0: You're on the floor. Yeah. Baby.
1: I've got the vapors.
0: Dusty Shelf, best spinsters of historical romance.
1: She's great. She's a great spinster. Spinster no longer.
0: No. Spinster no more. Historical romance is published in 2010 or sooner. No ninnies, no insufferable, arrogant rakes.
1: Okay. Yeah. No ninnies, no rakes.
0: Classified in romance Cinderella and Prince Charming or Aladdin and Princess Jasmine?
1: Well, weirdly, she's not Princess Jasmine. He's kind of an Aladdin. I, it doesn't really work for the two of them. No. It would work if she was... I guess he has
0: a lot of money and she doesn't have any money. So I guess that's that.
1: But he's not royalty or any... He has no sort of title. No. And she doesn't really have anything. So it's not that dynamic. Like we said, Mm -hmm. they're from the opposites. They're from the wrong side of the tracks, but different tracks. (laughs) Um, Which clarifies everything, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, now everyone has such a clear sense of what we're talking about. Uh, Hero in love with heroin before she is with him. Yes. Yes. The last but not least, your favorite trope, weird inheritance romance.
1: Oh, yes, because they find the box behind the bees, which uh, Cam finds first and then forgets to tell them about it. Amelia says, only you would forget about a box 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 full of jewels. (laughs) So then these jewels come out and they're. Jewels that had been hidden by uh, the family back way back when, and they decide, wow, we can use these to redo the house, but let's not show them to Leo just yet <laughs> because he'll definitely trade them for opium.
0: All right, Clayton, what are your tropes?
1: Rom hero, spinster heroine, fuckhead brother, Leo, <laughs> ghost. Bees, lovers from different worlds, or as we know, opposite side of the tracks, but But different different tracks. tracks, Luck curse, and multiple POVs. Yeah. Those are my tropes. Erin, what are your tropes?
0: Mine are. Oh, here's one that shows up a lot. And I haven't written it down yet, but there are other books that do it. When they're having sex for the first time, and like she's like, no, don't go down there, like pretending that she's. She doesn't want cunnilingus or doesn't understand what it is. Um, Families in romance, interracial romance, class divide, crazy families, inheritance. Hero takes over becomes a soft place to land for the heroine. Um, Can't sleep without you, so like Amelia doesn't want to ever sleep without Cam. Animals in romance, special jewelry, uh, the Lisa Claypass object. Which is the ring and also foot tapping, which is something she does when she's nervous, and every time she starts doing it, cam just reaches his foot underneath her skirts and places it over her foot to stop the tapping. that's great, which is such a oh, fucking perfect. Like, I'm a lake shaker, yeah, you are yeah um all right, that's it, Clayton. what has you swooning this week?
1: Well, Aaron, thanks for asking um I'm swooning about a motion picture mm-hmm. that I recently watched called Wild Rose.
0: <gasps> loved this.
1: You watched this movie? I watched
0: it on the plane.
1: Okay. So this movie is about a Scottish country singer who was stuck in Glasgow. She has made some poor decisions in her mm-hmm. life, to uh, say that lightly. And she wants to get to Nashville to become a country singer. Not country and western. Mm-hmm. Country. Which she... Very, A lot of times this movie will tell people not country-western, just country. So this, I mean, obviously I love music and I love a story about somebody striving for their dreams. This movie is a little bit more complicated than that. I don't want to get into it because I think it's really worth watching. The main performance by uh, the lead is so well done. She's so great in this movie. I would say... Definitely, if you can find it, I rented it. It it probably will be streaming at some point in the future. It you, seems or flying
0: like, Delta anytime soon. It's on Delta. Yeah,
1: go. You know what? Treat yourself. Buy a <laughs> ticket. Go through all the bullshit to get on a plane, <laughs> and go just watch this movie and then fly back home. If that's the way you could, if that the how you can do it now. But I really loved it. You liked this movie a lot I too. I loved
0: it. It was so good.
1: Aaron, what are you swooning about?
0: Um, I feel silly about my swoon because it is, like, swooning about, like, one of the biggest musical acts in the world, but I really just, like, love it so him so much, and I didn't realize, like, I never, like, I'm so late to this party, it's a, hilarious, but Harry Styles is an amazing songwriter, or I don't know if he writes his own songs, but is like, an amazing performer. I saw him on SNL, and he did Amazing, and then... I like one of his songs came up on Spotify and ended up just like listening to his album. And it's just like a fantastic album. And it sounds very like 70s Laurel Canyon, really interesting. And I just really, really love it a lot. So if you think that it, he's just like kind of a pop star, he's really great and more than that. And yeah, so I'll about Harry Styles.
1: Nice. I saw when he played SNL, I saw... Before it was like maybe a Thursday before that Saturday, there was there were girls uh, sleeping outside in front of uh, 30 Rock waiting to get tickets.
0: Yeah. So, Aaron,
1: where can they find us?
0: So, like we say every week, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, You can also always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com if you have suggestions, if you want to recommend a book, if you want to tell us we're wrong let us know um you can do that on twitter because i don't have access (laughs) you do you ever check the email yes oh uh (laughs) i'm surprised (laughs) because you managed to never do anything Uh, what Huh?
1: oh my gosh Mm -hmm. i'm gonna listen to that as i edit this podcast you say (laughs) i don't do anything no you
0: do a lot you do a lot. But just I didn't realize e- email-wise. Yeah. Um, I, I,
1: I'm, I'm creeping. <laughs> I creep around the emails.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So we're at Twitter at Learning Tropes. We're on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. We have our the Facebook Learning the Tropes Troop. So next week we are reading Seduce Me at Sunrise by... None other than Lisa Clayback, but a very special episode because joining us is going to be Kate Claiborne. Um, so once you have finished Seduce Me at Sunrise, and you're like, all right, well, now what? Read Kate's newest book, Love Lettering, out now. It's really fun, it's really beautiful, it takes place in New York City. What else do you want, people? I'm there, yeah. Um, so, pick up Love Lettering by Kate Claiborne and then tune in next week to hear her talk about, I'm sure, that book, but mostly Seduce Me at Sunrise. Um, and learning the tropes is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you love at frolic.media/podcast. Bye, guys. Bye.